And now, brought to you by Guru Energy Drinks. Good energy, smart organics. www.guruenergy.com Coming to you live, but not really live, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state and Gut Check South Command, deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible Belt, it's the Gut Check Podcast with your hosts, Ted Cluck and Zach Bartles. Hey, welcome again to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Cluck. He is Zachary Bartles, and uh, this is um, really the greatest show on the internet. You know, I, I don't often talk about it in those kind of glowing terms, but uh, but that's where you've landed. Um, so thanks for joining us today, Zach. Uh, how are you, baby? I'm good, man. I'm drinking some coffee. I already had my guru for the day, so. Did you? What kind did you have? What kind of guru? It was guru light. I'm, I'm yeah. full on the guru lights until they're all gone. Yeah, and you and you mentioned via text you're on uh, you're on some kind of diet and, and workout regimen. How's that going, baby? Yeah, not great, dude. Not great. Yeah. I find that I am my, my willpower is is uh, depleting, uh, okay. and and uh, I think with my metabolism, like they're linked yeah. together. And as yeah. the metabolism kind of slows uh, mm-hmm. and and requiring you know an increase in in willpower to balance things out, the the willpower also is is just kind of waning. So yeah, uh, yeah, you know. I, I in fact I named my willpower Wayne. Really? Um, Why Wayne? Uh, because it's waning. Okay, I see. I see. I see what you did there. It's kind of a pastor um, dad joke. No, it was a pastor dad joke. That and vacuuming I love is back. Can you hear hey, that? Yay! Yay! The vacuuming. I think it's it was like just it never a left. Break you know? to uh, give us some some hope. Dude, that little swath of carpeting right outside your office is going to be so clean. <laughs> you know, there's going to be no pile left to the carpeting because it's all going to be vacuumed up. You know. <laughs> But how, man, how how do you do on like trying to eat healthy, man? I I, I had uh, you know I got back on it again today because I, yeah, I gained yeah. a pound or two back. Yeah. But uh, I had been doing really well, and then yeah. I had like a busy week. Yeah. And I had like some tacos, and then I had like some Chinese food, like the really bad for you tacos. kind. And Dude, remember when we remember when we ate tacos on the air on this program? I remember that. I, I think that uh, the the whole world of media kind of collectively remembers. Dude, we like broke the internet with that episode, man. Yeah. It was huge, huge news. I feel like we need to do that again. We need to do some long distance taco eating on the. Yeah. On, I still on have some uh, money left on my Chuck Weebus Taco Bell gift card. You have still got Weebus Taco money left? Oh yeah, I was saving it for a, for a, a you know kind of joint <sighs> taco sesh. You are so frugal. You know that is a that is a great a great thing a great thing to cultivate. No, but to to answer your question, um, first of all, I just I, w- I want to give some love to Guru for their sponsorship, man. I feel like we haven't talked about them enough lately, and um, I wish Guru would make uh, a drink that sort of replicated all of the dieting and exercise that we're not doing uh, at this point. So when you, uh, when you had a, like a sip, it was like doing like 40 sit-ups or something. Yeah, it was like doing 40 sit-ups. And if you had a whole can, it was like working out for two hours. That would be awesome. It, it would be amazing. No, I'm still – I'm actually uh, – I'm doing really good on the workouts. Yeah, you've uh, always been a, a, you're kind of addicted to the, the workout. Yeah, it is. It's almost like a – yeah, just kind of a, a blind devotion at this point. Like I wouldn't know how to live my life without it. And And sadly, like – you know, at, at our advanced ages, like I'm, I'm still telling myself that I'm an athlete, i.e., looking for like any team in the world who will like let me, you know, continue to play with them, and like that's what gives me sort of the false hope and the and the false motivation to work out. So when that goes away, man, I don't know what's going to happen. I think I'm just going to fall to pieces. But uh, <laughs> that got really sad. Got really dark there, didn't yeah, there it? There are senior leagues. It'll never go away. There are senior. Yeah, I want it to never go away. But uh, but no, to answer your question, I I do not. Uh, eat healthy at all because I live with a baker and she's right. kind of forever like tinkering with these recipes and sort of 
trying stuff out on me and and there's just no hope man also i just really love food and um i i just love all of it and i i want it all all the time that's I find my that I can get into like a, a phase where I I actually do just crave like you know good for me things you mm-hmm. know and, and like when I'm like I'm, I'm getting hungry I'll think you know my mind will go automatically to you know like a, a salad with some quinoa and some quinoa uh, yeah you know kind of the 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 hipstery kind of uh, oh I know that's so hipster fresh, yeah like you know whole food whatever kind of thing raw food uh, yeah but it yeah. doesn't last that long like I mean it, it lasts about as long as my uh, you know, three week stretches where all I really want is tacos. You know, I mean, I love the I love the sort goes. of I love the hipster kind of ethos of quinoa. But the thing that I actually hate about quinoa is everything else, <laughs> like the taste and the texture of it. You know what I mean? I like I like quinoa and couscous. I think they're both great. See, I like couscous not so much with the with the quinoa. Huh. But, uh, yeah, I, I I just can't do it. But anyway, hey, kale man, how do you feel about kale? Kale is a. Tell me again what kale is. It's like the green papery, like like uh, like if lettuce was was evil and and uh, and grosser. Yeah. yeah. Like it's it's like gl- lettuce is sort of grosser sibling is like, kale. Like, like lettuce that hasn't showered in a while. Like like, like lettuce is the lettuce. one that was lettuce was like the high achieving sibling and the the you know the like the captain of the sports team. And <laughs> kale still lives at home. Kale still mind. lives at home. Exactly. Exactly. No, I I think I hate kale. <laughs> But dude, you know, you know, you know what's less sad along these lines, Zach. Um, you know, along the lines of working out and eating right and, and being the sorts of people that we aren't is is kayaking. You know, I feel like kayaking. We talked about Guru last time because we were talking about kayaking. We did. We talked about kayaking, and I, I feel like kayaking would fit well with this kind of quinoa eating, you know, kale sort of subculture that we're describing. And we got a great piece of fan mail this last week because we we talked about kayaking on our last episode, and we talked about how. Um, you know, even though I've done some kayaking on the on the the glassy topped lake early in the morning, <laughs> and even though you should be a kayak enthusiast because it has a lot of lashing involved, um, neither of us were really that guy. But we got a we got a great piece of mail from uh, a listener who is that guy. Like yeah. this guy majored in botany. He's probably got the beard. He probably plays a lot of shirtless frisbee. And um, he wrote it and he said, I am kayak guy. I didn't know about the lashing until we got that email. Yeah, that's right. He sort of, he confronted you on the lashing because... <laughs> he kind of leaned into me lashing-wise. He, he, he leaned into you vis-a-vis the lashing. And I don't know, like, in all my kayak experience, meaning like the three times that I've done it, <laughs> I don't remember the lashing. Like, where does the lashing come in? Did, did well, you sent a picture, fully lashed, man, and it and it has, I've seen it. Like, Mike, there's a guy at my church who always has a kayak on top of his car, and oh, it's like, there's there's like the crisscrossing, like, elastic band that you can just shove stuff Oh, under. yeah, 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 yeah. Now, let me read the email. Yeah, it's do from, that. from uh, Dan Keller, who is a uh, major in the uh, gut check army. Subject, I so am kayak guy. <laughs> what could be better than a gut check listener who likes to kayak on a still lake early in the morning to have mm-hmm. some time to himself with his waterproof Bible? I know. What if he majored in botany as well? That would be too good to be true, which is why I only took horticulture classes as a landscape major. Nice. Thanks, That guys, still for, works. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that, that's, that's, almost, that's almost more so, you know, yeah. because yeah. it's functional, but, you know, making sure to get that in there. Right. Thanks, guys, for pegging my persona, minus the dreadlocks, Jetta, Nalgene, beard, and effeminate voice as I talk about such things. Dude, the effeminate voice. He brought that up. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, that, that seems mean-spirited. I don't think I don't think we said that. I uh, feel like I've been afraid to talk about that on the program because that <laughs> applies to so many people. You know who isn't afraid to talk about the effeminate voice? Who? Turkish. When Turkish. Especially talking to or about Ronnie. 
Dude, Ronnie doesn't have an effeminate voice. I know, but the, the, what is the word that Turkish always uses? Um, fey. The fey voice. Yeah, I don't know. That was a thing that... Dude, that, that's weird. That's a, that's Yeah, that's... I don't know. I don't know about, about fey. Let me read the last line here. I'm surprised yeah. Zach isn't into kayaking, considering they come fully lashed. See photo. One can mm-hmm. even buy lashing kits to add more lash. That's oh, correct. dude. This is a hobby that's right up your alley, man. Oh, and if you look, he literally does have the waterproof Bible, an ESV waterproof Bible. Oh, my goodness. To the uh, to the kayak, which is a Marvel 2 or a Marvel 12. Well, that's better than the Marvel 2. It's like 10 better. Dude, yeah, it's 10 better. It's 10 <laughs> Dude, oh. no, but going back to Ronnie a minute, though, I, yeah. I even this past week, um, I put up a thing after the first happy rant about yeah. um, how, how Ronnie was kind of not willing to judge anyone's taste in music. Yeah. And I said, you know, there was a time when when he judged me uh, really? for admitting that I, I liked an Indigo Girls song, and which mm-hmm. which happened to me. You know, it wasn't yeah. something yeah. I did. It happened to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and I was looking for a safe place, you know, to kind yeah. of air that and get some – right. And and uh, he he said uh, he would he would do it again today, and then Turk comes in from from the, like the darkness of the internet, quick yeah. like a like a freaking hammer, like he always does. Yeah, yeah, like a panther. Like uh, Ronnie's just upset that their voices are an octave lower than his, or something. I don't know. Oh my goodness, dude! <laughs> it was a good exchange. Oh, but, Turkish. I don't know. Yeah, Burgundy years, which you brought up, which I thought was funny that you brought it up. That's a high one. There's some I can't high not ones. bring it up. You know. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I was strong enough to not bring it up. You know, <laughs> doggone it, Zach! I'm just not strong enough. I don't have the strength of character. I don't have the strength of a man in a medieval uh, candy village, <laughs> <laughs> wearing uh, wearing leggings and uh, and. That sport. wouldn't be a very healthy place to live, would it? The candy village. I feel like I feel like people living there would eat, eat even worse than we do. Dude, you does know? Ronnie Martin again? If you're not familiar, host now now uh, now host of the Happy Rant and uh, rock star pastor, and, and not meaning really popular pastor, but actual rock star slash yeah. pastor. Um, is 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 he like the uh, kale and quinoa and nothing but really healthy stuff? Or, or dude, not? no. I feel like I've always had really good meals with Ronnie. Like whenever okay. we travel, we just go to like five guys and have like burgers and and you know we hit a little uh you know cracker barrel used to be our place on the road man we would go uh we would go in the morning and uh i would always get to, i would always get chicken and dumplings but uh See, yeah that got a really- feminine thing to say ted but i kind of hate that guy who can be in his mid-40s and go to cracker barrel and five guys and be like waifishly thin Oh, I know i, I i'm definitely not that guy but uh, i mean but, I, yeah. I, lo- I totally love ronnie but but conceptually yeah, yeah. No, I know. Conceptually, you hate it, it's jealousy. Jealousy. Is yeah, just, right. Yeah. yeah, it's it's bitterness. That's, that's really it's Mara. bitterness. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> that's what, that's really what we're talking about. Um, baby, we got another uh, great piece of fan mail this last week, did we not? One with some uh, some photos from across the pond, as it were. No, we didn't. I sent you that piece of mail. Wait, Wait no, what? from Nige. No, I sent you that. Here, I'll launch into it. Speaking yeah. of uh, gut, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, Judas. Wait, we didn't get anything from him. Sorry. Wait, what? No, I sent you that. I just I, I googled the guy. Oh, you sent that. Yeah, I sent that to you. Oh, okay. Because I just wondered what he looked like with a name like Nigel Fever. I thought Nige sent us those pictures. No, no, that would have been funny. But, this is uh, a funny exchange. You should leave this in because it, like all this time I thought Nigel sent us like pictures from in front himself. of Downton Abbey, where he lives. You know, <laughs> where he lives so- with Lord Grantham. <laughs> The and background Edith. then is that uh, <laughs> Nigel Fever is the name of a man in in Great Britain who had written yes. a great review 
Yeah, uh, a man who's a, a huge British fan man. of this program, is he not? I guess so. I mean, uh, why else would he ask uh, or say that he keeps waiting with bated breath for us to uh, to read his review? Yeah. And so I just I googled him because I was curious yeah. if he was really British first of yeah. all. Yeah. And just what his deal was with it. I mean, you said what did you say with a name like Nigel Fever? You can't fail. You literally can't fail with a name like that. You, you know what I mean? Fail. You can't. And our research just bore that out, did it not? Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. Because the the pictures of uh, of this gentleman, which I will post uh, under this episode, uh, are pictures of I would say kind of a um, N.T. Wright. If N.T. Wright was more refined and less bald, <laughs> okay, Anglican <laughs> churchman, okay, complete with you know the the dog collar and. And the whole awesome kind of vibe. Yeah. And he is standing in one of them outside of a, a church that looks like Downton Abbey, if Downton Abbey were a church. Yeah. And then outside, another one outside of a, a church that looks like uh, the, the kind of dower house, if, if it were a church. Right. And then another one where he's inside in front of this massive stained glass window, kind of like perched before a... a open tome of, of, of sacred writ in front mm. of this big, amazing banner. And here he is just kind of half smiling, being all British and awesome. And I think and, the only way you could... And then one where he's like just sitting on his sofa and sweats watching football. <laughs> oh, wait, no. No, no. Because he wouldn't do that. Right? And, and even like the uh, elderly women that he's with in uh, yeah. this this one in front of the, the, the kind of Downton Church... Kind of refined-looking elderly yeah, women. They, they look to me like people who who wouldn't exist in real life, but rather on like a PBS program about a, a masterpiece theater program. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. About the kindly vicar. You know, dude. He he's he's, he's got to be like uh, a, a a kind of character. He can't be real. Yeah. Angel yeah, Fever can't be real. Somebody wrote that character. Somebody somebody who's you know trying to just mess with the program. And one reason that I looked him up was because he said, I feel like I know a lot more about football now. And I'm like, wait a minute. Would a British guy refer to American football simply as football? Dude, American football is like taking over over there. It's getting Don't huge. Don't they still call it American football and still call I think soccer football? Yeah, yeah, I think they do. Not him, apparently. No, Nigel's. We're Americanizing Nigel. You know, we're just uh, colonial. It's you reverse know. colonialism. It's reverse colonialism. Yeah, we're the kind of just American you know, pigs who via our, our podcast, we just sort of, you know, change everyone's culture in that way. <laughs> you know Dude, what? you want to hear a really funny, like, example of that kind of college sophomore mentality that we talk about uh, periodically on this program? Yeah. So I'm in class. I'm actually not in class. I'm in, I'm, I'm in the classroom a little bit early. And uh, there's this one student um, who I think is a college sophomore, actually. And um, she always comes to class a little bit early, so I was I was trying to think of things to banter about, and uh, and I asked her very innocently. I just said, you know, have you seen the trailer for the new uh, Chris Hemsworth Moby Dick film? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, which looks really awesome. Have you seen it, Zach? Have you I seen have, it? Yeah, it yeah. I mean, awesome. it, it looks amazing. And and she got very serious, and she said, I don't think I could watch a film about whaling. Oh. She's like, I, I just couldn't. I couldn't see the whale being treated in that way. And, you know, here I was just trying to just kind of have some innocent, lighthearted banter about a Chris Hemsworth film. And, uh, you know, it turned into sort of a, a sermon about the plight of, of the whale. But I, I, I feel like the, the I feel like the ship of, of your conversation kind of crashed against the, the rocky crag of her conscience. Yeah, it really did, man. 
I mean, but it begs the question, I mean, aren't we comfortable with the Moby Dick narrative after all these years? I mean, can't we just kind of separate that from the issue of whaling, which I'm I'm sure, you know. Right, all those whales would be dead anyway by now, right? Yeah, yeah, all all those particular, all the whales in that story would be dead. And and, I mean, I'm sure for all the West Tennessee college students who are, are just passionate about whaling, you know, I mean, can't we, can't we just kind of. Take a take a mulligan on that on that issue, just so that I can talk about the movie, if nothing else. Right. Well, as Gutchek's kind of resident animal lover, um, yeah. Like like I I love there's a, there's a show you know. that yeah really kind of kind of an activist yeah in that I uh, don't kill spiders that's the that's right, the activity. Right. But yeah. there's a show that I love called Whale Wars. Okay. Where these people just like pull up alongside whaling ships and just jack with them and try and make it so they can't kill whales, <laughs> including like awesome, throwing right? like like bombs. Like, wow, like, they're they're not like like oh, we'll kill you bombs. They're like these things yeah. that like create like the smell of vomit. They'll throw them onto the, the oh, deck wow. of the ship and stuff. Just try mm-hmm. to mess with them. Yeah. Um basically kind of acting like uh, like pranksters, like like yeah. shenanigans. Merry pranksters. Uh, shenan. I'm trying to put the, that word together with activists, but it, that can't be done. Um, shenactivists. <laughs> you did it. You did it. Dude, I did it. They're shenactivists. <laughs> That's what they are. <laughs> But uh, so, so to say that I really do like the idea, um, even though I'm sure I own some some cologne that has you know whale blubber in it or something, <laughs> but I can't even get my head around the idea of being like offended by the whaling in Moby Dick. That's, that's <laughs> dude, so, it's great. That's, that's so. Dude, you remember though what it was like to be that like insufferable college sophomore, and you're you're passionate about every issue. Yeah. And- you know, yeah, it felt good actually. I kind of missed. Oh that. yeah, 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 yeah. You're just an insufferable person, and then two years later, you wake up and realize like it's amazing that like the people in my life still like me. But but Especially then they your do. Parents. You, like when you yeah. feel like oh. superior to them about stuff, and then later Dude, on you're like, awful. oh my god. Oh yeah. I mean, I, to this day, I feel terrible about that. You know. Only you know they felt like, superior to their parents, so you know the circle. of Oh life sure, continues. yeah, the cycle continues. You know, it's it's natural. That's really funny though. Now, have you read Moby Dick? I have not. Dude, I actually haven't. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, you get familiar enough with the the story to kind of know what happens, but, uh, but no, I haven't. I haven't read it. I feel like that's and, one of those classics that's almost just like famous for being famous, but is not really all that often assigned. Right, because I think it's, I, I think it's actually terrible. I mean, people, <laughs> people who know about this stuff. I mean, I, I think it's just, a, just a kind of hopelessly long, wordy, you know, kind of boring book. But dude, what is sure. your favorite cinematic? Um, adaptation film adaptation oh this is a a classic of a classic oh boy can you talk about yours for a minute while i think about it well i'll tell you what i think that i i haven't seen a a film better done than uh the new the baz uh version of the great gatsby that was amazing oh yeah that was so good man that That really blew my mind yeah yeah no it was it was really good really watchable and and not over the top, Baz Luhrmann. You know what I mean? It didn't turn into like High School Musical. I mean, it was, <laughs> you know, it was it was musical, and the and the 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 production numbers were big. But but yeah, it was a really good story. You know, and they they really told the story well. I thought. Now, what do you think of the Romeo and Juliet Baz? Do you think that was over the top, like too too Bazzy? You know what? I loved it in the '90s, but uh, I I bought it actually. I found it in one of these like five dollar bins, and. Um, and it was a it was combined with another movie. It was that one and uh, Walk the Line, the uh, the Johnny Cash movie. And uh, and I picked it up and I tried it's to a weird like, combination. It's a really weird combination. I think uh, I I don't know what the combination. I I don't know why those two were linked together because they're very <laughs> different. But um, 
But I tried to watch it, and I was just like, no, you know what? The moment's passed. The moment being the 90s. It's harder to watch now, but I'll tell you what. When it when it starts, and uh, there's that scene with, uh, who is it, like Ben Volio or something? That sounds maybe yeah. Right. Yeah, um, no, and, that's and, wrong. Uh, but let's go with yeah, it. Yeah, that isn't it. Yeah. But uh, it's something like that. Who's who's uh, one of the kinsmen there of Romeo and and he yeah. <laughs> uh, and Jamie Kennedy. Okay, are, yeah, uh, yeah, getting gas and then dude, Jamie Kennedy. That was such dude. a '90s person. But you know who's even more '90s and awesome? Who? Leguizamo. Oh, Leguizamo. That's right. He pulls up and he's got the he boots with the like skull toes or something. Yeah. And I I don't know. The last time I watched it, I was ready for it to not hold up. Yeah. And I loved it, man. You've got it's like, actually uh, it's a cool movie. I want to think it's cool. Even Paul though I didn't Sorvino enjoy it. Was in it and yeah. uh, that other old guy who yeah, plays yeah. Tommy Boy's dad is the other uh, Oh, that guy's great. Patriarch. Yeah. yeah that guy's- Dude, and, and and like uh the guy who who was on the second Matrix movie uh who plays um uh whoever and you know he, he's the pilot of the ship or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he's Mercutio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he's in drag for part of it. And, and oh yeah, I don't know. I, I thought I think it really is kind of money. I think that one holds up. Dude, The Matrix. Those are movies that I completely didn't get into. <laughs> in no way that. did I get into those. You know what's funny? I want to put a pin in this question I asked you, and I yeah, want to sure. get back to it later. But sure, speaking sure. of the Matrix, yeah, um, the the cover of your newest book sort of reminded me a little bit of the Matrix. Yeah, it's got like the flying numbers thing a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, like the binary code and, and the kind of green monochromatic uh, kind of thing. Yeah. I think the the cover is good. Yeah. I think the title is amazing. For, Dude, for talk about concept. that. That's really interesting because I, 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 didn't, I didn't feel strongly about the title one way or the other. It was my title. I came up with it. But, really? Uh, yeah. I think it's brilliant. Well, the, the book is about um, a, a – let me see if I've got this right. Yeah, uh, sure. It's about a subscription service essentially – not about the service but about your, your experience with – yeah. Um, where you and mostly a bunch of kind of grizzled old men yeah. do a fantasy football situation, but not with today's current players, with like yeah. the like like seasons past and players of of yesteryear. Yeah. yeah uh, right. Using statistics and kind of your your own just acumen as as football fans and coaches. Right. right. Um. And and I'll tell you what, the, looking at the book, mm-hmm. moved me over from having little interest in it because of, I'm not sports guy at all. Yeah, yeah. To wanting to read it, uh, and the title is Pastime, but it's P A S T time. Yeah, which yeah. Uh, to me that's just. And then the subtitle was very good too. Yeah, um, and and the whole and the idea. I, well, your wife actually bought you the subscription as a gift. She did. It was a yeah. It was a Father's Day gift. I think a couple of years ago. And you've really and and you're not really into uh, the conventional. Uh, Internet activity, fantasy football. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I, I hate fantasy football actually. But the the thing that appealed to me about this one, I guess, was that um, you know this grizzled like gentlemanly group of of old guys who care about football history. You know, it was kind of like a you know this r- band of football historians, and uh, so I was really happy to be a part of that. And um, it's been a pleasure, man. Like I've made friends with these guys through it, and. Um, you know, you actually you meet up online and you play the games. So there's a there's software that actually allows you to like coach the plays, and so it's it's way different than fantasy in the sense that that yeah, you're like coaching against each other and using you know that acumen as well as like acquiring the players. But I so you but go I think, in in like real time through an actual game, not knowing how it's going to end. Yes. and you have like you see the score go one way, and then the other team pulls ahead. Like it's a real game. It's a real game. Yeah, see, it's a real that is fun. And and what's fun about it is that. You know, all the stats accumulate and it's it's a way to kind of uh, sim through 
uh, football history if guys were on different teams and you combine different players and and what was fun about the book was that I was learning I was learning so much about actual football theory by you know being able to simulate these games in such a uh, a kind of realistic environment with realistic rosters and players so uh, part of the book is is the narrative of moving through you know that season with these old guys which was uh, a total pleasure but the other part of it is you know kind of what I was learning about uh, actual football and modern day football from you know delving so deeply into the past, right? And the idea, the, the narrative seems like it was re- rediscovering kind of your love for football. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I had sort of become burned out on the modern day football product, to be honest, because I of can all tell the from the the things that you've been writing on your blog. It seems yeah, like it's yeah. almost all kind of a jaded, like, yeah, this is run its course kind of. Thing. Dude, it is. It's kind of run its course. It's become over the top. I mean, all the instant replay, all the like player movement. You know, the new uniforms, the new kind of offensive schemes like it, it just I feel like it's passed me by at some level, you know, and I just don't I don't care about it. And I think every older guy goes through that that sense of like, you know, gee, I don't care about this as much as I did when I was young, which is a natural thing and normal. But like for me, there are there are aesthetic reasons for not caring about it. It's almost and, like uh, you're still using a Palm Pilot and, and the NFL yeah. has moved on to the iPhone. The NFL's moved on to the iPhone. I'm still, you know, using the the, the Palm Pilot that I've lashed to my uh, my Franklin Day Planner. You know. <laughs> so this book is is out now. See, I didn't it is know out. that until I just I was I was looking up how many books you had because I mentioned it in the Gut Check Guide for Publishing. Yeah, uh, which is going to be amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, we should talk about that in a minute. But I, I, the first thing that came up was this pastime. I'm like, I've never seen that. And then I opened it up and I was like, oh, that's what this is. And it came out in uh, October even, right? Yeah, it came out like a month ago. It's Why haven't we been talking about it, man? Dude, I don't know. It's weird, man. It just – these things come and go. And I think I've been so busy, you know, in my first semester here as a professor. It just uh, – it kind of passed me by, man. But uh, I'm really excited about it and I'm happy that it's out. And I think the – the publishers, the Lions Press, they did a great job on the on the cover and the design, and um, yeah, I hope I hope people buy it and enjoy it. They always do a good job on on your books, man. That, that's this I feel like they do. Book? Yeah, yeah. This is actually with the the conglomerate that is the Lions Press. This is number five because they did the uh, they did the NFL Strike Book too, um, and yeah, they they always do a really nice job with cover and and stuff like that. So. I thought yeah. that uh, the like I was really hoping we'd figure out how to like use the cover of Facing Tyson for our ill-fated uh, Facing Tyson. I know uh, that would have been nice. That, book. But, I mean, yeah, that's that, a good that cover. cover. Was so minimal, but yeah. still perfect. Yeah, simple and perfect for sure. For sure. Speaking of your uh, you know love for things uh, athletic and your rediscovering uh, your love for particular sports tell me about this uh this experience you had as as being kind of color commentator uh for a, a major <laughs> sports uh industry. Dude, that's right it was it was a major sports happening here on campus and uh i was asked at the 11th hour to be uh the color commentator for a uh women's basketball game here on campus so live in the dream i live in the dream i was on television and uh i had a great uh, veteran play-by-play guy with me so he kind of carried the 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 broadcast as it were but uh it was a blast man i really enjoyed it now have you seen the the uh years ago there was the kind of viral video of this poor sap trying to do uh, <laughs> sports recap 
for a campus news station, <laughs> and he just fails so hard. But in the process of failing, he tries yeah. to invent a catchphrase for himself. Have you seen that? No, I have not. It sounds amazing. And boom goes the dynamite. He like that's the only thing he manages to <laughs> and say. Boom Everything goes the dynamite. Like, oh my gosh, I got to send that to you, dude. And, yeah, I would love to see it. Everybody, Google this. I'll put that at the bottom too of the the thing. Boom, boom goes the dynamite. Uh, college, and then he became a sportscaster eventually. Like, really? It was, it was wow. Just a sad. It, it's kind of a sad story that becomes. A, a redemptive, triumphant story, yeah. Was there anything sad about this, being that it was uh, <laughs> campus television about a, a campus? No, nothing game? nothing at all sad about that. But no, my uh, my performance was probably the saddest thing. But it, it occurred to me, I think, having, having never you know done color commentary on women's college basketball, it occurred to me, I think it was the first women's college basketball game I've, I'd ever seen. Really? Uh, so yeah, it was a totally new experience, except, and I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, Zach. This is a little... Uh, a little deeply personal, but my worst day ever as an athlete was uh, I was playing pickup basketball at Michigan State, um, you know, one one time during my lunch hour, and uh, I used to gather there with some guys to play pickup, and um, I ended up having to guard one of the MSU women's basketball players, like uh-huh. one of the one of the girls that played on the team, and she was so good, she just um, completely destroyed me, like she. <laughs> She ran me up and down the floor, just scoring at will, and it was the most humbling and, and awful thing I've ever experienced as an athlete. So I, I actually have uh, I have mad respect for women's college basketball players. I think they, they should happen to every guy at some point. I think it probably should. It was probably like really like formative for my character at some level, you know, in the in the humility area. But, <laughs> yeah, well, and, and also in your your respect for for women and their their athletic ability, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what doesn't make me feel humbled at all, Zach? What's that? Uh, is reading pages from our amazing novel, Re-Raptured. It makes me feel the opposite of humbled. It, it puffs me up with pride, actually, because of how good it is. Yeah, yeah, I can feel that, too, yeah. So should we end the show? We haven't mentioned uh, Gut Check Literacy Month, which is a 35-week uh, series in which we'll be reading uh, chapters from Re-Raptured. So we are in the midst of that. This is week, uh, I think, three of Gut Check Literacy Month. Um <laughs> Zach, do you want to set up where we are here in the uh, in the novel? Yeah, we're at uh, actually the first chapter that that uh, Aaron wrote. Uh, Aaron, yep. my wife, Aaron Bartles, who's uh, uh, quite a talented novelist and uh, kind of gut check groupie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one is called Black Eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's let's begin here. Uh, if you if you need a setup, uh, then go listen to the last two episodes and and hear the. Uh, kind of the, the prologue and the first chapter. Otherwise, you know where we are, uh, and you know that the stakes are getting higher all the time. Yeah. Here we go. So I'm going to be the voice of Alex. Alex so in, Ross. Until, until that, I, I may have a snack. Are you so. opening your mail? Oh, that's, that's – okay, that's like a, maybe a granola bar. It's a granola bar. You, you need you your strength because in 10 minutes you're strength. taping another podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Ted's, Ted's Friday is like podcast, podcast, podcast um, – and then maybe some more TV for the athletic department there at Union. Yeah, if they University. need me, if they need me, I'm available. Um, and and uh, you know, if you don't know how to picture Alex, it's not here in this chapter yet, but later on in one of your chapters, Ted, you describe him as having kind of pinched together features, <laughs> the, the kind of requisite lit guy pinched, <laughs> pinched, features. pinched together features and a concave chest. <laughs> <laughs> Great, you know this was one of the most hilarious and enjoyable experiences of writing, where we're just like 
it was everybody so... is able to to kind of tweak everyone else's characters mm-hmm. and, and bring them in directions where we, you know, the original person who who brought them to the page had no plans or no sense that they might go in that direction. I thought this was so. We need to we need to do this sequel, man, which we've already outlined. Except when I interpreted Aaron's character, she didn't seem to appreciate that. So. <laughs> that was more the vocalization, I think, yeah. unless the yeah. the where the direction you went with him a little rarely. But yeah. okay, here we go. Alex Roth sits on a wooden bench directly across the hall from an imposing oak door that leads to the musty office of his favorite professor. He taps his right foot rhythmically, shaking the bench ever so slightly, and worries the worn armrest in his fidgety hand. He pulls out his cell phone to check the time. 3.46. At precisely 3.30, he had knocked on the professor's door for their appointment. A voice from inside had hollered, Be with you in a minute. And so he sits. (laughs) He rechecks the email message he'd received from his professor after his morning American lit class. Scrolling down, he finds it. 3.30. How long should he wait? As he returns the phone to his pocket, it vibrates. A text from Misty. Where the H11RU? Mm. Alex bites back a sigh. How could he be dating someone who didn't know the difference between where, W-E-A-R, and W-H-E-R? Waiting for Professor Wiles, he responds. He stares at the phone a moment, waiting for her reply. Why? Appointment at 3.30. Pause. You are supposed to be at Black Eyes right now. Oh, no. Alex had forgotten he was supposed to meet Misty at Black Eyes, the campus coffee shop. Sorry, Mist. I'll be there as soon as I can. Professor Wiles told me to wait. I can't just leave. Pause. What evs? Alex is about to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Very complicated young lady. <laughs> Alex is about to text back when the heavy door across the hall creaks open. Alex? <laughs> Dr. James Wiles fills the doorway and light from the windows in his office frames his head. Alex quickly shoves the phone into his pocket and gathers his backpack from the floor as he stands. You want? Oh, I'm sorry. You're supposed to be Alex, man. Go ahead. You wanted to see me, sir? Professor Wiles nods curtly and turns back towards his enormous desk as Alex follows him inside. Close the door. Alex gingerly shuts the office door and walks slowly to the uncomfortable-looking wooden chair reserved for the professor's students. Professor Wiles sinks into his aged, leathered chair and strokes... Now, aged, aged, right? Aged, yeah. Sinks into his (laughs) aged, leather chair and strokes his perfectly trimmed beard as his eyes command Alex to sit down. He does. Though Professor Wiles is in his 60s, his hair is still mostly black, with a smattering of gray, but in his beard, the gray hairs vastly outnumber the black. From what Alex can see in the short time he's known the man, the professor has made no attempt to update his wardrobe since he was in college in the 1970s. Wait, he was in college in the 80s, man. We gotta fix that. Yeah, wow. Good little continuity. Although this is from Alex's perspective. Yeah, right. So maybe it was a separate. Maybe he's in, he's implying or he's inferring that he was... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. POV is important here. Okay. Pleated khakis, scratchy wool sweater vests, corduroy jacket, just one, the same one every day. No. Oh. Leather shoes with tassels. And to Alex, Professor Wiles seems comfortable in his own skin. Mm. Alex's own discomfort increases with every passing moment that Professor Wiles strokes his beard and just <laughs> stares at him in silence. Alex is about to break the silence when his teacher finally speaks. I've called you in here because of your last essay. Alex frantically searches his brain to remember what his last assignment was. He feels so overwhelmed by the workload in college that it's hard to retrieve the information from his harried mind. Seeing the dull look on his pupil's face, Professor Wiles picks the essay off the top of a tower of papers and supplies. Blue-Eyed Beauty, The Lesson of the Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. 
Ah, uh, yes. Alex remembers. What about it, sir? Professor Wiles sucks his teeth. You didn't read the entire book, did you? Alex's stomach drops. Yes, I did. He answers with conjured indignation. Look, either you didn't read the book or you are the densest student I've had in ten years. Alex frantically searches for the right retort, but everything he thinks of would tip his hand. Then his phone vibrates in his pocket. Misty, undoubtedly. Alex, you're not stupid. I know you're not an idiot. The phone vibrates again. And I'm not an idiot either. I've been teaching for 20 years. I know an unfinished book when I see one. The professor waits for Alex's response. Alex wonders whether Professor Wiles notices the phone, remembering the first week of class when a student's phone rang on his desk. Without a break in his lecture, Professor Wiles walked calmly toward the offender, swiped the still-ringing phone from the desktop, walked just outside the classroom door, placed it on the floor, and slid it down the hallway like a hockey puck before returning to the whiteboard. Alex heard the phone bounce off the walls a couple times, the ringtone getting quieter and quieter and quieter as it made its way to the exit. Then Alex realizes that the professor is still waiting on him. Listen, Professor Wiles continues, I know your first year or two of college can be hard. I know all about the excuses. High school didn't prepare me for this. I just didn't expect so much homework. All my teachers act like theirs is the only class I'm taking. I know about the parties and the girls, but it's no excuse. If you start skipping assignments now, where's it going to stop? Read the assignments. Don't BS me. Alex stammers. Look, Professor Wiles. <laughs> I kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of read the whole book. The whole book. I just came up with a different interpretation than yours. That would be perfectly acceptable, Alex, if it were true. But no book ever written is more clear on the subject of beauty. The blue eyes are not a good thing. They're not even real. If you had written a paper called The Blue-Eyed Beast... Because this was originally called Beauty and the Mark of the Beast, remember? Mm -hmm. Tie in there. Mm -hmm. The Blue-Eyed Beast, then you would have interpreted the story correctly. It's a tragic story of what happens when a little black girl thinks the only way she can be beautiful is if she has blue eyes. Are you saying that she's right? That black girls aren't beautiful? No, 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 no. Alex, (laughs) did you read the whole book? Pause. No. (laughs) (laughs) You really interpreted the pause there. I love it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm really good. I'm kind of method with all this. I I am Alex right now. (laughs) Look down at your chest, man. Describe it for me. It's it's concave and hollowed, (laughs) and my features are pinched. This is quite a meditation on really just what it means to be a college student. You know, I'm seeing this through new eyes. Yeah, I bet you. I bet you've had these discussions. Have you not? Yeah. Okay. If you just admitted that in the first place, that would have saved us a lot of time. Alex nods. I'm nodding. <laughs> you are really in into I'm, the, the I'm, mind I'm of this deep guy. into the character. I'm going to give you a second chance here. You finish that book and give, a, give get a new essay to me by Friday, and we'll see if maybe you can avoid a failing grade on this assignment, okay? Yes, thank you, Professor Wiles. That's all. The professor waves toward the door, and Alex scrambles out of the hard wooden chair. He opens the door and looks back at Professor Wiles, but the man is already buried in his desk. No sooner does the door click shut behind Alex than a loud beep-beep emanates from his pocket. Voicemail. He checks the time, 4.15, 45 minutes late. He jogs down the hall as he dials his voicemail, his backpack bouncing heavily against him. Of course the voicemail is from a very impatient Misty. He is sweating by the time he makes it to Black Eyes and reaches for the door handle to steady himself before going in. At the same time, a group of girls pushes the door open. Excuse us, says a tall blonde girl. (laughs) Jeez, breathe a little harder. <laughs> her, her gaggle of friends laughs as they stalk off. Right behind him, 
A short girl dressed in black, with short, dyed black hair and heavy black eyeliner, pushes her way past Alex. Misty. She doesn't look up. Misty. <laughs> Alex says again, as he follows her out to the sidewalk in front of Black Eyes. I'm sorry, I had to see Dr. Wiles. Yeah, and I have to get to chemistry. Alex hustles to her side and matches her stride. I can meet you back here after that. Forget it. I have to work at six. When do you get out? I close. Can I just come over to your room tonight, then? This is going to get steamy here in a minute, and, I, and you and I are going to feel a little you and I, I, Hey, and, I, and I'm method. Yeah, you know? me too, man. So I'm, I'm all already, in. I'm already <laughs> feeling a little angry at you. Yeah, and, and I'm afraid where that's going to go in a minute. But. I know, I know, right? I don't want to. I don't want us to not work out. You know, <laughs> Misty stops and looks at Alex. Her blue eyes blazing from beneath heavy black eyelids. Are you crazy? My stupid roommate will be there. So I didn't mean we were going to do anything. Can I just come over? Misty begins walking again. No, she'll give me crap about it tomorrow. I don't want to deal with her right now. She's so frickin' self-righteous. I swear she's part of a cult or something. Like yesterday when we were talking on the phone and I said I wanted my lip pierced? Yeah. When I hung up, she practically <laughs> gave me a lecture on how my body was a temple or something like that. And when I was like, well, you have your ears pierced, she totally changed the subject. She's so full of it. I gotta get rid of her. Hmm. They reach the science building and Misty turns to go up the steps. Alex grabs her arm and swings her to face him. Misty, I'm really sorry about coffee. He rubs her arm, then moves his hand up to her neck and cradles the back of her head, her short black hair spiking through his fingers. I want to make it up to you. <laughs> Next time. Next time. <laughs> Misty softens a bit. Yeah, I'll tell you what. How about you meet me outside my building at midnight and we'll find some way you can redeem yourself. Alex smiles <laughs> wickedly. Good grief. My wife has got uh, some kind I'm, of... Some stuff she's working out, yeah. <laughs> I'm smiling wickedly, by the way. <laughs> of course you are, with your pinched features. <laughs> with my pinched features. I'll be there. <laughs> you better be, says Misty, as she takes the steps two at a time. She disappears into <laughs> the building, leaving Alex to imagine all sorts of ways of smoothing things over with Misty Walker. Dude, that's kind of a... a... Ooh, that's a steamy chapter, Yeah, babe. that's a little risque. Yeah, wow. Risque. That's a great word. That is a great word, isn't it? There, there it is. Now we've now we've introduced. Let's see. We've introduced uh, Tim Van Shrimpy, Bible scholar. Yep. Uh, Father uh, Vince, mm -hmm. uh, Ted Strongbow, and his uh, family. Yeah. Uh, and now these uh, college students and their professor. And we yeah. are not done introducing characters. No, we, we sure aren't. Yeah, I, I feel like there are several more to go. And and. Uh, Next chapter, chapter three, just a little preview, is uh, is Ironsides, Lewis Ironsides. Very interesting character. And, of course, this is in keeping with uh, the convention of these end times books where there's always like you're following like 93 different people through these yeah. events. And the real brilliance of it is they all intersect, Zach. That's the thing. Like that's that's what's fun about those books. Yeah, and that's these also are all what's coming together at one particular place. And I'm so excited for that to happen. It takes such a masterful writer to be able to weave those those many storylines together. Or a masterful committee. A masterful committee, which is exactly what we had on this project. Absolutely. And you know what? This has been a masterful podcast, I feel like. It really has. And you know what? I have a full uh, four minutes now between this podcast <laughs> and my other one. So. Well, I'm glad your, uh, your priorities are, are in the right order. Absolutely. Absolutely. Zach, we should sign off, baby. Um, anything, anything you'd like to add before we go? Uh, no. Yeah, by the way, I, we are now posting these on Sunday instead mm -hmm. of trying to get them up on Friday and sometimes getting them up on Saturday. 
Yeah. So it'll be waiting for you for a new week each and every week. You can you can uh, look forward to at the same same basic time on the same day getting uh, your your gut check podcast. And didn't you say uh, we're on pace for our biggest month yet in terms of uh, listens or page views or yes, however absolutely. we track? Uh, the feed hits is is uh, more yeah. or less how you how you measure these things. And and uh, definitely this is going to uh, topple our previous record. Uh, so thank you for listening. We appreciate it. You know what? My other call is calling in right now. All Two right. Well, enjoy your zero minutes of break. All right. We will see you next time. Good.